Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. That guy right there, that's Big Kurt. Yes, it is. That guy right there, Jeffrey the Greek. All right. We uh, very much appreciate you listening, sharing, all that stuff. Uh, sorry we are coming at you a little bit late. Uh, the annoying, mysterious day jobs got in the way. Um, I was in Wisconsin. You were... So burdensome. I was in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Yeah. There was many miles between us. I had something happen at my hotel that's okay. never happened before. Okay. This is not a great story. I apologize for even bringing it up, but I, I don't know. I just thought I'd bring it up, I guess. All right. But um, I got up to to use the facilities middle of the night. I don't yeah. know, 3.30, I guess. I'm guessing what it is. Okay. Right as I was walking by the door to get in the room to get to go to the bathroom that's right next to each other, that's right when they slid the Oh, yeah, the, the thing receipt, under the... And it hit my foot. I swear no to God. No kidding. It, like, what are... That's crazy. Then, what are the odds of that happening? That's very, very slim. Yes. And it, you know, you're groggy. Obviously, you're getting up. You don't even know where you're at most of the sure. time when you're in a hotel room. I had just figured out, okay, I'm going to the bathroom, and then that thing hit me in the foot. Freak me out, man. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. So I stayed in this hotel in Rapid City, South Dakota, called the Hotel Alex Johnson. I stay there every time I go there. I love the place. Is it like a boutique type of deal yeah or? it's kind of boutique right. it's it's actually a hilton property now okay but it's like in their boutique line okay so anyway it's, it's on the national registry of historic buildings and it's supposedly haunted so i i talked to someone that was staying in the quote haunted room I, that saying, was, I talked to somebody a ghost in my room in the well i will night. say this there was a ton of noises just it was it's a noisy hotel mm. and there was a lot of weird noises not ghost-like noises but I was kept up one night just by weird noises. I couldn't figure out what the heck they were. I was hoping where you're going to go with that is you woke up in the middle of the night and the ghost of Red Grange was sitting on your couch. It's funny you say that. I just started reading a book about Red Grange today. There's a new biography that just came out like last month. Nice. Started reading it today. Right. No, Which is not, weird. was not the galloping ghost, though. Oh, geez. Did even make the nice work. Yeah. That's a little correlation there, uh, which is odd because you're a diehard Hoosier fan. But yeah, I well, I, yeah, it's just I dabble in Illinois occasionally. <laughs> All right. With that being said, we got some housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. Speaking of my Hoosiers, IU defensive back Ashawn Riggins, a former starter, is medically retiring from football. What a shame. Boy, yeah. I remember. You know what? What's that? I'd like to officially announce my medical retirement from football. Yeah, I guess I never announced mine. <laughs> I should. That's how I should have done I it. I should have. I right mean, before, right when, I was, when it was obvious that I was not going to play anymore at Iowa, I should have just, just announced my medical. You should have claimed yeah. concussions. Yeah, I, could, I still could do that. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Michigan Titan. This one's big. Mustafa Muhammad enters the transfer portal. This was the number 168 overall player in the 2018 class. So that's kind of a big deal. Michigan State. Oy. Wide receiver Cam Chambers entering the transfer portal. There is well, there's a lot of attrition there. I'm starting to wonder if the home office of the transfer portal is in East Lansing. It 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 might be. Yeah. At least it's been there the last couple weeks. That's and it three seems in to the be last couple weeks, right? Skilled position players skilled position, on offense. Which yeah, that's mm -hmm. a good point. Yeah, I yeah. could. There could be a little frustration there. Correct. Yeah, boy, things are not going well in East Lansing. This one's kind of cool. 
Uh, BTN Stat Guys. Do you follow these guys yep, on Twitter at P- at BTN Stat Guys? The Big Ten has four six and zero teams for the first time since 04. 1904. <laughs> Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, and University of Chicago all were start start at six and zero. In fact, they would go on to all win seven another game yeah. seven and zero. I thought that and was... then, but again, with the weird Big Ten scheduling back in the day, some of these teams never even played each other during the regular season. Yeah. Even though there was, I don't even think there was 10 teams in the Big Ten, or maybe it was it even the Big Ten then? It or? started out as uh, seven, then it went to nine. Yeah. So at that, t- at that point, it was nine. Okay. But yeah, they're playing like the, the, the Naval uh, right. Air Base in Chicago. I mean, they literally were. <laughs> okay. okay, so moving on. Um, Rutgers punter. Adam Korsak won the Ray Guy Award. Yeah. Again. Right. This is weekly the weekly Ray Guy Award. The, the weekly Ray Guy Awards. So this is National Punter of the Week. Third time this year he has done that. Yeah. He has yet to be named the Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. How silly year. is that? It's and, ridiculous. Poor, and, poor Rutgers can't catch a break here. Well, and what I was going to say is I, I, I didn't have enough brain power to put this together, but when I saw that, so the, uh, the saying is the proverbial – turn in the punch bowl he's the opposite whatever the opposite yeah, what's of the turn, opposite of the turn it, of the punch it's a bowl. bowl of turds and he's a cherry <laughs> I don't he's, know the, what it he's, is. The, he's the glass of punch in the bowl of turds <laughs> i guess right i mean he had 10 punts this is against indiana this past week averaged 47.3 and four inside the 20 that's what he does it's just what he it yeah, doesn't even old. see i'm not even that impressed because he does it every week yeah that's, just, that's what it is all right lastly illinois and nebraska We'll be playing their 2021 football contest Home in opener. Dublin, the, Ireland. The opener of the season. season it's going to be week zero. Yeah. Yeah. That's so the, so they're moving from it, – it was scheduled to be November 13th. In Champaign, right? In Champaign. We'll get to yeah. that. And they're moving it to week zero. So there are implications of the week zero thing. Okay. First of all, I think you get to start practice a week earlier. Okay. Uh, you get an extra buy. So that's one of the years where – Everyone's only going to have one buy. Illinois and Nebraska are going to have two buys. Okay. So there are advantages to this. When I when this when I this broke, I was actually driving to South Dakota as the news broke, and I was listening to Jeremy Warner, who has a show on ESPN Radio in Champaign, but also runs Illini Inquirer, uh, the twenty four seven Illinois page, and he broke the news that I was I was listening as he did, and my first thought was. Finally, a bowl game. We yes. did it. Okay. You went for the joke. I was going to go there. You beat me to it. It actually makes me happy. So, so the, no, my first my first thought, though, was, oh, this is really cool. This is awesome. I can't believe that we're doing this. This is great. And then I said, oh, crap. Well, it was a home game. Yeah. That's not good. That's probably not great. Hopefully, it's in the Big Ten. Typically, you cycle between having six home games or seven. Hopefully, it's a seven one. So you're you know, I haven't looked that six. far. And my guess is that's the case. I would think so. This yeah. one, this has been in the works for like two years, by the way. It was. It was. Okay. Two my, years. My reaction was I had two, which is for Nebraska fans. Um, if you know Adrian Martinez shows up at practice with his knee pads tucked under instead of out. That would be something that they would notice, and Twitter would be, hey, well, why is Adrian Martinez's knee pads tucked under? But somehow, they didn't know about this. I've never heard about this. I've talked to other Nebraska fans, DM. Okay. It, it came out of nowhere for them. So. so Josh Whitman, the athletic director for Illinois, came on the, the Jeremy Warner show that same day, and he said off air, and, and Jeremy said this later, he said, Jeremy, be honest. Did you know anything about this? He said, no, absolutely nothing. nothing. I hadn't heard it was not a peep. It was they kept it, it was under an actual well kept secret. Then the other thing I said about Nebraska fans is 
Well, because there was, you know, we already we had jokes on Twitter. We should go. We should do a live uh, uh, pick six previews. Yeah. We should do a live eyes on big from Ireland. I'm like, that would be from amazing. Temple Bar. And then I immediately said, eh, what's the point? The this this has been broken news for two hours. Nebraska fans have probably gobbled up all the right. tickets already. They pretty much already they did. did. They, they yeah. already took over like the section of tickets that was open. So if you're a Nebraska <laughs> fan, this is fantastic, yeah. right? There's yeah. no negatives for Nebraska, really. Um, I mean, I I don't really know necessarily the negatives for Illinois either. I well, mean, this okay, is, I'll give you another one. Yeah. So you lose the home game, yeah. right? Um, it's 2021. That was that was my next thought was, oh, 21. Oh, why do we have to do it in 21? Because I'm not saying the roster's great now. There's going to be an enormous roster drop-off in 2021. Yeah. So the only thing I don't want to happen, I you know, we're going to lose the game, but I don't want to get blown <laughs> out. You know, it's week zero. Everyone's going to be watching. Yeah. That's the last thing. Like, I don't think a whole lot of bad things can happen in a, in a real bowl game, but the one bad is if you get really blown out. Yeah, and then the one thing I would say is pretty consistently, like this year, it was, help me out, Florida, and who was the week zero this year? Miami. It was Miami. That game was atrocious to watch yeah remember because and then everyone talks about it for a week how bad the game was correct yeah oh i don't want that to happen but so i will be excited to watch it's it it will be a game i want to watch right out of the gates oh yeah even if it was in champagne or lincoln the fact that it's in ireland dude i i'm stoked for this myself i mean i'm still kind of stoked so here's the thing Atlanta fans are divided. My what so are Nebraska fans. I, I, saw I don't know of, how. That's yeah. kind of weird to me. I saw me. a lot of, out of, I don't know about this. But for Illinois fans, the casual fans think, yeah, this is awesome. Great. Ireland, cool. But the diehard fans are like, well, this sucks. We don't want to lose a home game. Yeah. Like local businesses are pissed. Yeah. Season ticket holders, pissed. Players are excited, of course. Um, it's a recruiting thing. Again, if it you is. don't get blown out, it's a well, recruiting well, thing. It's a it's a recruiting thing now for kids that they're recruiting on that could, good that point. could go play. So yeah. that's a deal. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. So anyway, I'm already working on the wife. I'll okay. try to go to that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That'll be fun. I tell you what, do I think I'll be there? No. Do I think it's <laughs> out of the realm of possibility? No. Okay. I mean, I, I would say there's a 1% chance that I will be there. <laughs> okay. Not well, zero. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. All righty. All right. We uh, ready to roll? Well, we got to move on to injuries. Okay. Real quick here. Illinois quarterback Brandon Peters still concussed, still questionable. Maryland. Mm-mm-mm. Running back Anthony McFarland. This could explain some things. He's got a, He's dinged up with an ankle. He hasn't looked right for a few weeks, and he's doubtful. I don't know how long he's been injured. Josh Jackson, doubtful. Tyrell Pigram has been declared the starter for IU. Um, one more. Maryland, man. Yeah. Senior cornerback Tino Ellis, upper body injury out for the season. Yikes. Boy, Maryland, 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 it Maryland. It feels like somewhere around 65% of the injuries in the entire Big Ten have been concentrated at Purdue. Purdue and, and uh, Maryland. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We had the injury bowl last week. We didn't, yeah. even, didn't even call it that. Yeah, Purdue, Purdue won it. All right. Moving on? Yeah. All right, let's get to some games. So this week, Nebraska and Michigan State are idle. Sparty, going to go work on their running game. Nebraska, going to go work on their run fits. So we have got six games this weekend. I like this. Speaking of a little bit out of the norm, we got a Friday night game. I'm always excited. I like it getting spaced out. I do, too. I really do. Because we've complained about how these games space out. They space out as perfectly as they can this this weekend, how they have They're fantastic. Up. Yeah, this is how it should be all the and, time. And, you know, I've heard a lot of complaining about the Friday night games over the years. I've heard a bunch from Northwestern 
I know it's going to be a logistical nightmare. I don't care. Yeah. I'm sitting at home. Yeah. Um, and I completely understand um, in a situation where Ohio State fans, Northwestern fans, anybody that is a, got somebody in high school that they want to watch, that is a killer that your favorite team's playing. But selfishly, I don't have a high school game to go to this Friday. Um, I'm just very excited to watch Big Ten football. You know what Friday. I say to those people? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we will start it out Friday, October 18th. The number four Ohio State Buckeyes going on the road into Evanston to take on Northwestern. This is a 7 o'clock p.m. game. Big Ten Network. The line is the Buckeyes by 27 and a hook over under 49.5. So yards per play differential. Buckeyes sitting at 3.6. That's number two in the country. Okay. Northwestern, negative 0.9. They're dead last in offensive yards per play in the country. Oh, no. Really? Yes. So we are, as far as yards per play, we are almost at the number one team in the country versus the last team in the well, country? Well, no. So Northwestern's overall, the differential is 0.9. But on okay. offense, their yards per play gotcha. is dead last in the country. Long story short. These two teams don't look the same. No. <laughs> One of these things is not. Okay. Shout out to Chappie. He's going to be at this game. Oh, he is. Okay, yeah. and cool. I, I DM'd him and I said, well, I hope you don't get bucked in this game because I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how you could feel good about this game if you are wearing purple. Okay, we'll get to that. So uh, Ohio State leads the overall series 72 to 14 with one tie. Uh, Northwestern has had one win in this series since 1971. In 2004, they won 33 to 27 in Evanston. Uh, Going back through the history of these games, definitely the best era for this series was 1956 to 63. They split six games, Woody Hayes versus Era Parsegian. Wow. How awesome must that have been? That's impressive. Yes, indeed. Ever since then, it's kind of lean towards the scarlet and gray. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like the the Fitzy magic, all the things that he does. There is a statute of limitations on it. Oh, that God. statute of limitations is the exceeding amount of talent that t- typically happens in, in Buckeye land. <laughs> okay, but they were able to muck it up against Wisconsin. Pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, they, they're, never, uh, they're, they're never out of it. Okay. I mean, they're going to get, they're going to lose. Okay. But it's a big spread. 27 yeah. and a half. It's a pretty big spread at home. So speaking of the spread, okay, this doesn't make, my, I, my, my brain hurts okay. trying to figure this out. This doesn't make any sense. Okay. The over under again yeah. is 50. The, the, the spread is, we'll call it 28. Okay. Just to be simple. sure. Okay. So if they think that there's enough points scored, that's going to also match the spread. What they're saying is the score is going to be, 38 to 13. Right. Do, do you do you think So you're saying that Northwestern can't <laughs> score 13. I that's kind of what I feel too. Right? I know. Something's off here. But they that, scored that much versus Wisconsin. I know. Wisconsin. That is the crazy thing is and and then I start talking my brain into it. Um Northwestern is coming off an idle week. They they did ironically the best defense in the country is the defense that they probably looked the best against offensively, right. which which makes no sense. No which sense again, at all. It like feeds into the Fitzy stuff. And then I sit there and I'm like, am I talking myself into Fitzy stuff with this? Just look at what 
Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's coming off an idle week too. By the way, holy oh, that's cow, a good point. Again, they're both coming off idle week at the same time. It's like our seventh game in the Big Ten this year where that's that case. I just like I, nothing's changed here. Northwestern is mm. still coming out of the idleness with the same offensive line. Well, and Bowser's same- still injured. They don't have a quarterback. Can think about their wide receivers, Northwestern's going up against these defensive backs. I mean, honestly, will will any receiver get more than two feet of separation at any point in this game? And a, you know, like even if you just could, th- Northwestern could just throw out a like a very very above average offensive line. Like you know, maybe they can neutralize. Sure, but their offensive line's not that good. And then you flip over to the other side, Penn State, or uh, excuse me, Ohio State. In order to disrupt them you have to be disruptive mm-hmm. northwestern is just solid they they don't yeah, get not, into the back no, like no they really don't so so you you pretty much like oh man i there's know nothing no, I there's nothing <laughs> nothing adds like, up you, here but how great do you feel about osu covering that spread I, I, I feel great about it i mean i do too but except no. you throw fitzy into the equation no, you just stop you stay away i never want to i never want to touch anything northwestern it never makes any sense to me unless i think they're getting way too many points that's when you bet on 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 fitzy i tell you one thing though i i i, I the the semblance between the two it doesn't make any sense so i agree if if i'm crazy it's i guess just... i just bet the under on this i don't like either but that's what i would bet and i guess i would bet Ohio State and the under doesn't make much sense, but I feel like I got a 10, 13 point gap in between. I know. There, I know what I'm saying is like they could win 35 to three, but couldn't they also win 52 to three? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They could. All right. Northwestern is in their largest underdog role since 2006. Okay. They were dogs by 30 and a half versus Michigan and largest home dog since 1998, 29 versus the same Ohio State team. I was at that game. Thank you very much. Now, Ohio State is number two in the nation in against the spread margin per game at plus 17 points. Over the margin. Over, Over the, the spread, margin. Excuse me. Over the spread. That's insane. I, I, I <sighs> there's so I, everything, I've, everything points to Ohio State. There's literally, I, I can't come up. Like, the only thing that doesn't point towards Ohio State is Fitzy. Is Fitzgerald. And if I had to dream up a coach that is a Fitzy buster, it'd probably be Ryan Day. Does that, yes. that make sense? Okay, but also, if everything's pointing to Ohio State, then what are we missing? Because Vegas knows something. Right, right. yes. And you, what you're saying is you think it should be even more than that. Kind, 28 I points mean, is a lot. I mean, on paper, yes. 28 points is a lot. But on paper, come on. I know, I know, I don't know, I don't I don't know. I feel like I would totally stay away from this game, by the yeah. way. Oh, I, I am too. Don't get me I'm wrong. I'm not putting I, money I, on I, it. I don't think either one of us are, are I, giving been, advice here. I'm, I'm so you know, burned by Fitzy and the Wildcats that I have to pick Northwestern. Yeah. Okay. And and the under. So before we move on, like I, I I will freely admit this. I'm I'm excited to watch Ohio State play football again. This is this Me is too, a, man. It's a fun team to watch. Can't believe we didn't get her to watch them last week. Yeah. I mean we were deprived. Well. All right, so that is our Friday night game. Obviously, moving on to Saturday, October nineteenth. In we other got, words, we got nothing for you out there. If you're if you're counting on us to for tell for you this more. line for these for Ohio State Northwest. I mean, I gave you what I think I would do, but I wouldn't do anything with it. Okay, all right, moving on. Saturday, October nineteenth. There are two eleven o'clock a.m. games. First up, Purdue traveling into Iowa City to take on the number twenty three ranked Hawkeyes. Eleven o'clock a.m. 
on ESPN2. This is line is Hawks by 17 and a half over under 48.5. All right, yards per play differential for Purdue negative 0.7 and for Iowa 0.9 in the positive. Purdue owns the overall record here, 48 to 38. A little surprising there. Three yep. ties from 1961 to 1980. Purdue won every game of this series. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a dirty little secret that people, a lot of people don't know about. But, I mean, those were the dark years of Iowa football. But they won them by a lot. Yeah. All of them. It, it, I looked at every game. Yeah, and it's it the weirdest ugly. thing. It's the weirdest thing. Like, Iowa Iowa wasn't have, wasn't getting up on anybody during that, that time frame. I mean, Hayden Fry came in and did a great job rebuilding sure. that program. But for whatever reason... The team that Iowa always played their worst game. I, I mean, obviously, this is before my time, I, but I've just talked to people that said we always played awful versus Purdue, and that was the deal. And I don't know that Purdue was that good in the 70s. No, they weren't. That's what kind of no. made it That's what kind of made it a weird deal. So Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So, um, yeah, first things first, uh, this game opened up at 18 and a half points. Okay. Insane high, way too high doesn't that's right that's my first thought. okay so then so there were some of the reasons that i will get into it we'll start with the positives positives i watched the watch the purdue maryland game um obviously purdue's had the injuries obviously they have young people everywhere their young people happen to be pretty good very, football <laughs> players very, yeah. very good um david bell and and king daru i mean they're, they're looking good yes now Rondale. is it daru or doru because uh, daru. daru sounds cooler i hear i had daru is i know I, that's what everyone's saying but i'm gonna go daru. daru i already pushed it with purdue fans by mispronouncing brome yeah we yeah we gotta watch Brown, so i gotta watch that but i mean david bell uh obviously quarterback looking good um jack plumber looks plumber great. looks good and then not a freshman but bryson hopkins also amazing total stud Quarterback, uh, wide receiver, tight end. There is no weakness there. They just nope. happen to be young. I'm still not, you know, overly convinced on their running game. King Drew has well, been their running game stands. a little. He's been a little. He has been a little bit. Yeah, little. Their, spark their running game this day is better than the running game was one month ago. I they have improved would, themselves. Yeah, yes. you would say that. So. But I'm wondering, like last week, they looked great against Maryland, right? So. Is Purdue finding their stride, or was Maryland really – are they that bad on defense? It's got to be a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Um, on Purdue's defense, I will say the coach's son, Ben Holt, mm -hmm. isn't he doing a really good Joe Bocce impersonation Yeah, right he's now? he's pretty good. I mean, he's I looking like him. good. Purdue's defense is getting a lot better, too. It is getting better. I will say, like, they had, this team has improved so much from week one to now. Which and, is amazing. Well, and that, it, not, it improved, like went down because of injuries, and then right. they started to improve Correct. again. There you go. Jeff Brown's good. Jeff he, Brown he is coach. pretty good. There's a reason we call him the demigod, the he OD. Is. He is the OD. Um, and then and then the last person you want to talk about for the super frosh, probably the best freshman on the team, uh, uh, defensive end, Karlafkas. Um, oh, right now, amazing. I would line him up all over the place on Purdue's def on defensive line. Why? I would move him into the interior to switch over to Iowa yeah. because Iowa is having extreme issues on the interior of their offensive yeah, line. Yeah, sure. That's right a good now. point. Like to the point where I can't really remember. Maybe 2007 
when Iowa had an offensive line that looked this subpar. It's like I'm in Bizarro World. All of us. Hawk so fans. great tackles. And you said the center's pretty solid. Yep. It's really just the guards. It's the guards. Yeesh. And sometimes you could even just get down to to one guard spot. I mean, they're they're trying everything. They're they're doing they're kind of leaving the tackles and centered, but they're trying to just move around guards as much as they can. Mm, nothing's I don't know working. what's going on. So basically the thought process is, you know, is Iowa's offense just that bad? Or it, it's had a little bit to do with the two defenses that they've played <laughs> yeah, the yeah. last two weeks. It you has. go on the road to play a, a matter in hell Michigan team, yeah. and then you play a Penn State team that, by the way, coming into that game, they were averaging 1.4 yards of rushing coming into the game versus Iowa. Oh, wow. I mean, the point I'm trying to make is I, I think if you mixed in at Iowa State, at Michigan, and Penn State at home on anybody's schedule. Sure. Their offensive numbers yeah, that's probably going to come down a little bit. With that being said, there is no way you can just overlook these issues that, that Iowa has along the line. It is very concerning. It is concerning. So I do think they've got to they've got to keep uh, um, um, Nate Stanley clean. Now, I read something that Iowa's defensive backs, or I should say Iowa's uh, passing defense, has only given up 200 yards to a passer once this year. Yeah. Brock Purdy. Right. So I'm really interested in watching that duel. Yeah. The Jeff Brom duel versus the the passing defense of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And and there was, you know, some reasons behind that, which was because Iowa was down to, you know, tape and mud and whatever they could find to keep the secondary together. Well, I was going to say they've been injured and they still have that. Right, and then they've gotten healthier since then. Um, is as at one point, just three weeks ago. I mean, just three weeks ago, I felt as confident about the offense as I did about the defense. I know, and now it's just back to what standard Iowa football is. I feel great about the defense and the offense. Well, we were talking frustrating me a, a few weeks ago. We were talking. Okay, this is that kind of explosiveness that we thought we'd see this year from yeah. the Iowa offense, and it's been gone. Yeah. Now, Purdue shuffled up their offensive line. It looked great last week against a bad Maryland team, admittedly. So can they can they keep Jack Plummer clean enough to let him complete passes? Because they haven't had a great pass rush this year. Iowa. Iowa has not. Yeah. Um, the, you know, not to get too deep nerdy, but the sacks haven't manifested, but the hurries, pocket okay. pressure, moving stuff around has actually been very good for okay. whatever reason. They just haven't got home. But – does the sacks really matter if you go back to the stat you just give gave about there's really been no, no it doesn't yards. so that's kind of what I'm saying is like maybe the sack situation is a little bit overrated but the thing that has been killing Iowa is the things that they have hang their hat on for the last two three years for sure forcing turnovers and not turning the ball over yeah so as an Iowa fan to a certain degree forcing turnovers they kind of happen type of deal. But you got to get back to playing a clean football game. The only way that I see them covering that 18, 17 and a half points is if all those things come through and they can run the ball. Yeah. Do I think all those things can happen? Yes. But my guess is it will be kind of a a mixture of it. Brom has definitely shown the ability to get up into Phil Parker's kitchen. Plummer will pass for more than 200 yards. Correct. There's no doubt about that. So I like two spreads. One I like, one I really, really like. So I like the over 48.5. Okay. It's supposed to be a good 
day in Iowa City, I I'm not tempting Jeff Brom. The guy knows how to put points on the board, but I also like Purdue plus the 17 and a half. I I think Iowa is just a better overall team, defense, all that stuff to to win the game. Yeah. But this sure feels like a 34 to 24, 38 to mm. t- 38 to 28 type of game wow. to me. Wow. Offensive yeah. explosion. Yep. I'm erring towards the under here. I I I don't like it either way. But I do really like Purdue plus a 17 and a half. Yep. yep. No doubt. All right. Moving on. The number six Wisconsin Badgers coming into Champaign to take on the Illinois Fighting Illini. Also an 11 o'clock a.m. game on BTN. Line Badgers by a robust 31 points. Over under is 51. I hear it's homecoming in Champaign. That's what they tell me. Yards per play differential for Wisconsin, positive 3.4, which I think is second in the country. Illinois to negative 1.1. Wisconsin leads the overall 42 to 37 with seven ties. What? Wow. I was at one of those ties. So 42 to 37. So think about how big of a lead Illinois oh, had, they had just it, 20 years ago, oh, 15 yeah. years ago. They were dominating the series. Right. And not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. So 1995, it was a three to three tie. That was the final. Okay. I think that was the, yeah, 95 was the last year before overtime, I think. I think that started in 96. Awful game. Atrocious. It wasn't that the defenses were so good. They were both pretty good, but it was just one of those ugly games. It just wasn't fun to watch at all. Me and a buddy of mine from Illinois, we both brought our dads to this game up in was up in uh, Madison and I felt bad afterwards. I was like, I'm sorry you had to see that. <laughs> I've said that after many Illinois games. All right, quick quick impersonation for you. Okay. So you can You know, you know, guys, guys, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. What they want to do run the ball. They they get the run going. And then you, you you got the quarter you, the quarterback and he's he's guys he's throwing accurate. That's what Wisconsin wants to do. Bob, he's got a knee. Rashawn's got a knee. I used to so I okay, lived, who was that? Uh, that was Dave once. So my Bob, favorite thing right Wani. now is watching BTN live. They will ask Wani a question. It's he will go off on something that it wasn't even a part of the the deal. <laughs> and then Jay Laven just looks. Oh, he course. looks at the host. Of course, he looks at Wani. He looks at the at the camera. Oh, Jay. And he's like, "Where is this it's guy so going?" Great. It is I, I, if if you, Big Kurt, any of our listeners, if any ever run into Jay Layman, just go up to him and ask him, "How is it doing a weekly show with Dave Wanstead?" Oh my Give God. me some stories. Behind it must the be a riot. It, it would. It would. I guarantee that would be. Two hours of beer drinking hilarity for him Absolutely. to tell stories like that. So I lived in Chicago when Wani was the head coach. And I remember point. Well, first of all, he's the first head coach I can remember, like, publicly being interviewed, like, refusing to say someone has an injury, that they're injured. He would say, like, Rashawn Salam, he's got a knee. <laughs> Not he's injured. His, his knee's injured. He's got a knee. Well, he's probably got two of them, Wani, but... So I've always thought that was hilarious. And then he would say the same thing after every game. Uh, Got to get better. Just he would keep repeating. Got to get better. And like my buddy who was a Bears fan, he's like, yeah, no, we got to get better. I'm like, aren't you? Aren't you have, isn't that? Aren't you, haven't you had enough of that BS? They got to oh, get better. God. I had to point it out. to him. He's like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. He does say that all the time. And then he got really annoyed about him saying it all the time. 
All right. So <laughs> I hate to do this, but to a certain degree, as we broke down Ohio State to Northwestern, breaking down Illinois to Wisconsin at their current state of affairs, again, I don't know where the crack of daylight is nope. in this game. The two, I mean, and, and then the spreads are, I mean, what's crazy is, is the Ohio State Northwestern one is closer. Uh, 31 point spread. Got to be one of the biggest spreads in the history of this series. But right then the here. 51's too high, don't you think? It's kind of the same yeah, thing, it's right? The same I thing. mean, Ohio, like, you know, you know, Wisconsin, they shut people out. That's what they do. Now, last week, yeah, they do. Illinois was shut out for a game one of that game. Yeah, game game one two, of, of they, they all of a sudden exploded for 25 points. And then shut out again. I will say this. Is there a, a little bit of a crap sandwich going on here for Wisconsin? They they just got done playing oh. a pretty emotional game. Do, do you remember my preseason prediction? This was my upset this for Illinois. Upset. This is yeah, it. I forgot about yeah, that. It's yeah. not going to happen. But I'm sure what you saw, which is what I'm alluding to. I saw to, a bunch of Michigan trappiness. State last week. Yes. They've got Ohio State next week. So do I think Wisconsin's going to lose the game? No. Absolutely I don't think not. Wisconsin's going to lose the game, but muckiness like eh, ugliness well to a i certain mean degree. It, it could happen a little bit you know the, last year we kind of thought the same thing and it was the snowball out of nowhere yeah. remember and illinois kind of hung with them for a while two different teams this year I, I, but i'm just saying like there is a there's a little bit of this series has a little bit of oddness to it would you it not does agree? it does and here's the one thing i will say that's in not in favor of illinois but they seem to play better when you're just coming straight at them when you have a pro style quarterback when they don't have to worry about a dual threat because dual threat seems to frighten and confuse the defense for illinois so in that sense part of me says well okay maybe they can slow them down a little bit but then i think you know what Jonathan Taylor could also run for three hundred and, and five or six touchdowns. Here. And if it and if it is a legit, like legit two hundred and sixty yards and three touchdown type of game, it's going to be because he will just come out of the wash and bust open a sixty yard. Yeah, that type of deal. Yeah, because the the unwillingness to tackle by the Illinois defense at times is is quite awe inspiring. Yeah, it really. It really is. I'm glad you point that out. Plus, Wisconsin leads the big the Big Ten in time possession. Illinois is dead last in time of possession. That yeah, yeah. that doesn't play out well for them. Well, I came into sitting down here leaning on the under, so now it's 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 official for me under 51. I like the under, and I mean, I I just feel like this is like a 42 to seven type of game. Like Illinois yeah. maybe could pop one up, but the thing I is, I say that and I'm like. Wisconsin's been shutting out. Everywhere. I know. That's I mean, the thing. It's, it's like, not, Illinois so, but that makes me like the under even more. Illinois, is, their offense is totally lost right now. Brandon Peters may or may not play. It doesn't matter. If he's playing, Robinson's playing, they're lost regardless. I think Rod Smith is just calling plays scared, and they, it seems like they if they don't get a first down, their first possession, then, oh, dear God, what's happening? Oh, all is lost. I, I don't know. The they they just have nothing going for them on offense. I mentioned that Ohio State is number two in the nation and against the spread margin per game, uh, going above. Yeah, Wisconsin's number one. Wow, they're at a plus seventeen point four. Wow. So we got the one and two against the spread teams in the Big Ten. Yes, that's insane. 
All right. Well, I guess, I mean, obviously we're both picking the Badgers to win. I'm picking the under. I think that line is right on, but I, I think I would go Badgers to cover the 31 I don't blame you. under the 51. I uh, know that doesn't seem like what you should do, but those that would be my guesses. I think Illinois is going to score very little. I'm just going to roll the dice and say they don't play Jonathan Taylor that long. They okay. don't They don't go for the Heisman, you know, 300-yard performance, six yeah. touchdowns. Eh, let's just sit him down at halftime. And he's done. And, yeah. and maybe they score a late touchdown for a backdoor cover there. All right, so then that gets us through to 11 o'clock a.m. games. Then they've spaced them out nice against us. We've got two afternoon games here. First up, the actual ranked number 20 Minnesota Golden Gophers going on the road to play Rutgers. 2.30 p.m. game. This is on Big Ten Network line. Gophers by another one. Got another one of these. 28 points over under 47.5. Okay, yards per play differential. Minnesota at 1.8. They're fourth in the Big Ten. Guess who's last? Rutgers Scarlet Knights, negative 1.7. Minnesota, 1-0 in this series. They've only played one time, 2016, 34-32. They won in Minneapolis. Tracy Clays versus Chris Ash. 34-32. 34-32, yeah. Barn burner. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, the big story of this game that the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press pointed out is it's another game that the Gophers are playing against a backup quarterback. Wow. Did you see that article? No. Did they really do the that? The entire slant of the article was oh. laying out how many backup quarterbacks that the Gophers have lucked into playing. That that was the slant after they beat Nebraska. That's unbelievable. Uh, Big Kurt and I are not Minnesota Gopher fans. We will never be Minnesota Gopher fans, but we try to look at these things as Switzerlandy. As we can, we, we try, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how you can avoid the negativity that is thrown at the Gopher football program by the Twin Cities media. I, it's quite they, the thing. What do they hope to accomplish? I there? don't know what the deal is. You know, we're going to turn away all of our readers. We're print here. You know, we're we're, we're struggling. The whole the whole market's struggling. We're going to turn away a, a large word. portion of our audience. I mean, and then obviously you're being facetious with that, but in all honesty, you know. The whole point is to find new readers, find new people. They're out there to go get. I'm not saying you have to do a 180 and like shower them with praise. Yeah, you'd... if you if you don't like PJ Fleck as a writer, whatever. But like, you could at least compliment what you see in front of you, which is a team that obviously believes in their coach and yes. is playing winning football. Knows how to win football games. It's the craziest. That thing. is that's unbelievable. Like the sliding scale of local media. At the far positive Kool-Aid end is Nebraska. And you slide all the way over, and then you got the poisonous Gopher Twin Cities media. Well, even locally, like, they love the Twins. They love the Vikings. I'm talking about the media does. They give them passes all the time. Correct. But not the Gophers. No matter how crappy Kirk Cousins is, hey, let's see how he looks this Sunday. Yeah. All right, so what to talk about with this game? I don't know. Rutgers is cooked. That's what to talk about. (laughs) I mean, it's over, right? Can, I, Dominic DeCoco yeah. just wants to get to the end of the year. How much effort can they even be putting in? I anymore? would hope more than one yard passing. Let's start there. Oh, boy. One like, yard I saw passing. something on Twitter, you know, like the only thing that you can really talk about with Rutgers right now is the coaching search and where it's at and channel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And somebody on Twitter said, you know, like the 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 Joe Moorhead is out there. I, yeah, it's weird. To he's me, emerged as the, as the a leader, candidate. and and basically the comment was, you know, the bar set so low, it, you know, maybe he would consider taking it. And somebody just said, 
if he just scored a touchdown in Big Ten play, it'd be like, what an offensive yeah. genius yeah. that guy how is. How about this guy? He's turned us around. So how about this? Speaking of the one-yard touching, uh, 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 passing, last week was the ninth time a Rutgers quarterback has passed for 50 yards or less in a game since 2016. Oh. Yeah. That's almost more amazing than the one yard. Oh, my gosh. That's astounding. You could, you could probably sit there and just dig into Rutgers stats for the last two or three years. You could just keep coming up with stuff like probably. that. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, this is their biggest conference favorite role since 1982. Okay. They're on an eight-game win streak, of course, two from last year and then the first six this year. That's their longest since 48 to 49. Yeah. Way to go, Gophers. I mean, the only thing, and then again, this is kind of a, a weird line, right? There's 20 points difference. Call it 28 and 48 between the line and and yeah. what the over-under so is. So you're expecting Rutgers to score, which I don't see happening. Either. So, and then this seems like a good chance to keep that rushing attack moving along with I the, think with that's the, what you want to do, right? right? If you're if you're Minnesota, just give keep a, pounding the ball. Give a couple balls, throw a couple balls to Tyler Johnson. Make sure Bateman, Bateman gets his yeah, touchdown, keep, keep but then bam, bam, around. bam. That's what I would do. Now, Rutgers, I would be scared of the over-under simply because the Gophers could race out they could. and do it themselves. They could. But, um, and, and I wouldn't put Minnesota's defense at the very tippy top of defenses in the Big Ten that are just going to absolutely – shut out Rutgers, but with that being said, Rutgers is so hapless on offense. I like I love the, that word by the way. Hapless. hapless? Yeah, you don't hear that. It's enough. my it's my favorite word to describe some some sports team doing something horribly. Hapless. Hapless. It's got it's got a little jocularity to it. Too. It does. Yeah. Um this is another weird one, right? Typically if you take a team to cover a big spread, you also take the over. For the third time in this podcast, I'm going to take the team to cover the big yeah. spread and the under. I'm One of these is going to hit. I'm going to do both of those too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see 38 to 3, 38 to yep. 7. Yep. Right. But, but I could see, okay, well, I could see Minnesota starting a little sluggishly. Yes. On that, the road. That actually is what I'm banking on for this under. Mm-hmm. Um, they will have plenty of points on the board to win the game, but there is just that. Maybe a little bit of reading some headlines, even well, not from their local media, but you know, in 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 general, as far yeah. as sure. a the little bit of oh my god, these guys are horrible, and you just go out and you play sloppy. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of expect, but then I think they'll get their act together. Yeah, and then win and the game. I think they'll cover, and it, they'll definitely win the game. I mean, Rutgers is going Blutarski on their chances to win. They're at a zero point zero. They are hapless. Hapless. All right, next game up, our second afternoon game, the Indiana Hoosiers going on the road to play the they're borderline hapless Maryland Terrapins. They're they're knocking on the door of hapless. 2:30 p.m. game on Big 10 Network. Hoosiers favored by five and a half. Is it five and a half now? Yeah. Wow. Over under 59. Biggest over under on the board by a Ooh. long shot. Okay, yards per play differential, Indiana at a positive 1.0, Maryland at a negative 0.5. So not really even that close to dead last in the conference there. Indiana leads the overall 5-2. to two. They've played two times before Maryland joined the Big Ten. It was 1934 and 1935, both in Maryland, and my Hoosiers won both of them. Yeah, go Hoosiers. So the first thing that jumps out about this game to me is both these teams need this game so bad for a bowl game. Right. 
Uh, so the first thing that I have written down, um, I mean, you being a obviously Indiana Big historian, right? Yeah. Um, let's go Hoosiers, get it done, and let's party like it's 1993. And by the uh-huh. way, you know, I don't have to tell you. Played Virginia because- Tech in that bowl game. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Look, look. I, mean, I know my IU I know history. You. For for you listeners out there that maybe aren't as big on the Hoosiers as Kurt is, look up that 93 team. They were salty. That was a 8-3 uh, and three team during the year. Mm-hmm. The three losses were to the typical ones, yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, but they were close losses. Yeah. Like, that was a very good Hoosier team. And they were catching that Virginia Tech those Beamer teams right at the beginning of that whole thing. They okay. caught them at, at a bad, bad time. time. That's right. just when they were becoming Virginia Tech. So I just want to talk a little bit about the Hoosiers here because, guys, do it, okay? Hoosier fans. I know. I, you, we okay, got I know. I know what is in going through Hoosier fans right now. Like, they have been in this spot before we, where the team has looked good and they find ways to lose these type of games. We've had they, Lucy pull the football from correct. us so for, many times. For Bulls. This isn't just a they have a shot to go six and six. They have a realistic shot to go eight and four in the regular season. Definitely. They, yeah. I mean, they've got that schedule, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately, they lost that game to I mean, we lost that game to Michigan State already. Um, these are two teams in different going in different directions right now. This is why sure I feel like better it. than I've felt in the past about the Hoosiers when they've been in this position. I feel like Indiana's pointed up. I feel like Maryland's kind of pointed down right now. They're not right. feeling good. Josh Jackson is not is not starting in this game. Terrell Pigram's going to be their starter. He he may be available, but it's Piggy, and we we know about Piggy. And I feel like this has been my thought process with the Hoosier defense before the season. I don't know if it's changed a whole bunch. If you are a dynamic offense that brings both a rushing attack and a passing attack to the table – they have issues, but if you are uh, uh, an offense that you have struggles doing one, they have the ability to take one of those away. Right now, I don't know what Maryland's doing good either way, but I think no. it's pretty obvious they want to run the ball. Sure. So to me, it is a good matchup for Indiana's defense where they I think so. They are good enough to take away. By the way, speaking of the Hoosiers, but Maryland at Maryland this week, at Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State, Michigan, okay, yeah. a little tough there, but check out where they're getting Michigan. They get Michigan in between okay. Michigan State and Ohio, Ohio State, State, okay? I'm sure. just saying, a little bit craziness, and then they finish against Purdue. Yeah. There is There's plenty of winnable games. more winnable games in there. Absolutely. This is an exciting time to be a Hoosier football fan. It absolutely By the way, take that basketball hoop out of the you know yeah, put it away that we don't need basketball right now you got plenty of football to watch here who's your so here's what i'm waiting to see michael Penix tearing up the defensive backfield for the terrapins that it's a bad defensive backfield it just got worse losing tino ellis that the offensive line has been playing well keep him clean and Penix is going to tear them up through the air but their running game is getting better too right yeah Oh, I really like Indiana this game. I do too, and and I, you know, maybe you thought or think that I'm going to take Maryland because of that goofy spread, the five and a half point spread. Mm-hmm. I fully expected this to be a higher spread for the Hoosiers when I looked at it. Yes, Indiana is going on the road. 
I guess there is a little bit of Vegas, you know, they're sniffing around this thing. I don't care. I'm still going to take the cheese. I am taking Indiana to cover mm-hmm. this five Me and a too. half. Um, I am going to say that Maryland's defense or Maryland's offense, excuse me, is going to break out enough. Okay. Well, they're, they, they it's move, the Hoosiers. This is the Hoosier line. Right. They've got to play like a normal offense. Correct. And I will say last week versus Purdue, they put up a decent amount of yards for whatever yeah. reason. They just, they could, they, yeah. they killed themselves with penalties and just crap stuff that went yeah. around. So I still think that Maryland offense could come out. So I'm going to go over that yeah. 59 I lean to points, the over as well. but I'm going to take the Hoosiers to cover. Absolutely. Okay. Go Hoosiers. All right. So that gets us to our. The Michigan, number 16, Michigan Wolverines going into Happy Valley to take on the number 7 Penn State Nittany Lions 6.30 p.m. game. We got the ABC crew doing it. Uh, Game day is in town. Nittany Lions favored by 9 over under 47. Mm. Okay, yards per play differential. Michigan sitting at pretty hefty 1.5. Penn State positive 2.3. Now, Michigan leads the overall 14-8, zero ties. Michigan won nine times in a row from 97 to 07. Yeah. Nine times. A little bit of struggling Penn State teams during those times. Yeah, they, yeah. they were struggling indeed, but that that still jumped out at me. Right. I guess I don't remember that. Right. Uh, Michigan blew them out last year. Yeah. Penn State blew them out the year before that. And Michigan blew them out the year before that. In 2016, Michigan's won four of the last five. That's a point of contention yep. for Penn State fans and James Franklin haters. But Absolutely. the series is tied five for five in the last ten. So here's the first thing I would ask you. Yeah. Penn State, are they are they a blue blood team? They're on that fringe. But, I mean, when we list out the top football programs in the country. Uh, they're up there. Yeah. Are they ranked in the top ten? They're number seven right now. Are they undefeated? Mm-hmm. Are they under the radar? Yeah, they're a little under the radar. What's the deal? What's, what is up with that? Why I mean, they're starting to get a little love nationally, it seems like to me. People are at least mentioning their name. People, I've heard several outlets say, oh, well, you don't forget about Penn State. They okay. they, they yeah. got a chance. They could right. sneak That's in it. there. That's what they get. They yeah, get pretty that much. after people talk and they, yeah, all about after, Ohio State. Absolutely. And then talk all about Wisconsin. Wisconsin, right? Before Penn State, they talk okay. about Wisconsin. Now, yes. put yourself in a Penn State fans i'm pissed man right but can you kind of see their point a little bit of course i can see their point like what is like it is an odd they're not getting respect there it is an odd they're not getting okay so you're official on that yeah i'm on board okay i'll jump in that wagon okay all right now the i think of course the thing to watch here is the penn state defense versus this hapless whoa michigan offense whoa can you I don't know if I go that far. Okay, it's not hapless, it's not but hapless. you know me and but my Michigan, Michigan history. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking for. <laughs> maybe okay, maybe I shouldn't say this. I'm I'm hoping for bad things here. That's not nice, but I'm hoping for like a Gaddis khaki pants meltdown on the sidelines. Yeah, we could see that. Uh, we could see that. Um, Zach Charbonnet and. Yeah, they, they've had, I guess, flashes of decent things happen in the running game, but this hasn't been an imposing rushing attack. There's nothing dynamic about this offense at all. No. Um, the other thing, too, is and, – and, and, and to continue on, continue on with that, now they're going against a Penn State front seven 
that is it's I mean it's incredible. The athletic ability like even the white guys are athletic. Yeah. <laughs> this defense, I know man. It. It's insane. You know, isn't that a that's like a Penn State thing though. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have one of yeah. those guys. Like yeah. the Mike Gaseckis of the world, right? <laughs> right? Like where'd you get that? Like guy? the freakish athletic white guy. White dude. Um, yeah. So uh, th- what Michigan did in that um uh, Illinois, game. Illinois game. Oh, the Illinois game. To get the fighting Illini back in the game during yeah. game two, what they start doing again. Turning the, turn the ball over. over. They, yeah, they field. Yep. Not only are they not dynamic or explosive, but they can't take care of the ball. No. That's if, a horrible combination. So seeing as how this is a whiteout, I I Glad tend that to believe that some of the home field advantage stuff gets overstated a bit. Not in the whiteout game. Whiteout is it, it deserves the credit. I didn't it gets. write down the stats. I didn't know if we were going to go this deep, but the whiteout stats are pretty impressive. For it, is a, it is. They insane. do extremely well in these games. They do well straight up. They do well against the spread. They do well, period, in these games. Uh, I would say the top two perches in all of college football are LSU night games at home. Penn State whiteouts. That's probably fair. I think that's they are one A and one B. I'm not going to say which one's which. That's the top, right yeah, there. Yeah, I think right now it is. Now Michigan in their last 20 road games versus ranked opponents, one in 19 straight up. One in 19 straight up. Straight up in their last 20 road games versus ranked opponents, and they're five and 15 against the spread in those games. Oi. That's bad. Oi, indeed. That is bad. Yeah. That's a co- I mean, that's a couple different coaches there, obviously. Yeah, that's got to be Two, Hoke three. and, and uh, Khaki. Khaki Pass. Um, okay, so we talked a lot about, about uh, Michigan's offense versus Penn State's defense. Flip it around here. Uh, is it quite as big a swing as, as – oh, well, I think okay. it's a pretty good matchup, right? Penn State's offense versus Michigan's D. I mean, I would give the nod to, to Michigan's D. Okay. it's a To me, it's a – it's a definite nod to Michigan's defense, but not an overwhelming definite nod, no, if that makes any sense. Not at all. Um, the the one to watch on offense, I know I've probably said it pretty much every podcast, but the human joystick, K.J. Hamler, it is going to be – that's the guy that you would believe would, would pop out um, last week versus a very good Iowa defense. The Penn State passing offense was tough to find. So, yeah, so true to a certain degree, like I understand, like there's more weapons and everything, but there just seems to be in college football. Like if you can just take away something from an offense, the the rest of the offense shuts down. So Mm -hmm. to me, if you have the ability to take take away the run game of Penn State, that's where the explosion plays come from and then fuel the the passing game. It works together. I don't know if that's making sense. So I do see that as a situation where the Penn State offense can can slow to a grind, but they they just have enough talent at wide receiver, shorter, Hamler, uh, uh, tight end, Fryermuth is a stud, and then the toughness of their quarterback. Yeah. Like they they've got enough where I expect Michigan to have the uh, Michigan to have the upper hand, but not the whole day, but not could, the whole night. Uh, yeah, I think not the whole night. I mean, I could almost see this as like a breakout game for the Penn State offense. Really? Yeah. Okay. Whiteout? Yeah. Those All those things you said at the, the beginning, not getting respect? Yeah. I they're, they're, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, Part of the not getting respect thing is they quote-unquote, and I say that because it's stupid, they quote-unquote haven't played anybody. Yeah. This is a, another chance, again, for the team and the fans 
you know, fired up to say, hey, we played somebody and we kicked their butt. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And I do have faith in Sean Clifford. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so I really like Penn State. The minus nine. Really? I do. Okay. We are I do. not on the same page with that. Um, I know it's huge. It's a big spread. Yeah. Um, I just don't have faith in khaki pants right now I, and in Michigan in general. But the under looks the best for yeah. me in this game. Um, I, at one point, I believe, liked Michigan in the nine a lot. Now I'm just lukewarm okay. to Michigan in the nine. But this sure does feel like a 24 to 17 type mm-hmm. of game to me. A clean Nice looking game, but yep. we walk away thinking Penn State won this game because yeah, exactly. they were the better team. Yeah. And I like the under. And I like that it's at six thirty at night, so all the other games are done and we get to watch this one. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, my wife scheduled something. Another thing? A thing, so I'll be watching the replay of this one. Oh, okay. I'll be watching live. Yeah. I'm Making jealous. fun of you maybe a little bit here and there on Twitter texting you. But that's yeah, how it goes. Doing a little dinner. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to rely on alcohol to get me through. Yeah. Like Homer Simpson says, alcohol is the cause and solve of every <laughs> problem. Call, cause and solution <laughs> of every problem. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's all I got. Yeah, me too. Okay. I am Jeffrey DeGree. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks for listening. Go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers.